welcome to Atlanta Mix 108. Up next is Author Talk with your host, ML Roostrack.
you know, get that point across. Of course, one must be believe in God, and so the first section talks about God. It, there's a chapter that actually, in my judgment, proves God exists by pure reason, which is a fairly simple proof, and there's no really, you know, there's no really answer. I mean, if you don't accept it, then you're not using logic the way we're supposed to use logic. It talks about man, uh, the soul, the the body. Uh, it talks about good and evil, Satan, whether evil exists, in, uh, you know, independent of good, et cetera, et cetera. And um, who who is God? What you know? What are some of his attributes? Uh, the second section is a survey of six different religions, of Judaism, I happen to be of the Jewish faith, and uh, Christianity, Islam, uh, Buddhism, um, Hinduism, and Confucianism. Uh, you know, I pick those six. Uh, you know, there are a lot more. Um, it's a brief survey of the, both the history and the, and the creeds of, of each, and I try to show that at, the, at, the ba- at, at their base, uh, They're all similar. They are basically they the same. They are basically the same. That is, namely, you know, number one is that, you know, love your neighbor like yourself. You know, treat others the way you would want to be treated. You could find this. That's all in the in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's in the Quran. It's uh, you know, it's part of uh, the other religions itself. The fact that. The uh, rituals and everything else differs radically. Is you know, uh, I, I I don't know why, but uh, unfortunately, in many cases, the people that came after, you know, they uh, they changed the religion to suit their own needs or purposes. Whether they did it, you know, sincerely, sincerely, or totally, you know, out of corruption. It's hard to say. Having done that, uh, the the next section goes through the both religious conflicts. Uh, one section devoted to intra, it is conflicts between religions, which includes Judaism uh, uh, and Christianity, uh, between Protestant and Catholics, between Catholics and different sects that arose before uh, Protestantism between Hindus, um, you know, uh, and, and Muslims, between uh, Shiites You're and covering a Sunni. lot of information. Right, in it's, a lot, it's a lot of ground. And uh, and then four chapters on actually the history, you know, some starting biblical, the history of evil as presented, uh, you know, as shown in the Bible, which I take literally to be true. And then throughout the, you know, throughout the, the centuries from... Uh, you know the Mongols. It talks about in Napoleon and World War One and the Russian Civil War and the Holocaust and the genocides recently. Uh, you know, substantial examples of the evil in the world. Right, and the thing is, it tends to run in cycles or circles. You have a law with everything coming back down, then something, some conflict starts back up again especially within the religions. This is something that a history teacher taught a long time ago when I was in school. With the conflicts and the religion, it runs on a circle. You have times of peace and you have times of war, 
and then you have times of evil within that that leads to the war within the religions. Does that make um, sense? That, uh, yeah, that that does make sense, although, you know, I might think offhand that the, uh, you know, the, the, the peaceful cycles, if there are such, are very, you know, are minor compared to the cycles of, you know, the evil cycles. And, right. you know, so I don't forget, because this is really important, this is really important, is that evil does not pay, that God, that those who commit evil eventually are destroyed, maybe not right away, but that God knows what they're doing, that it, God knows who's righteous, and that, um, you know, evil does not pay again and again and again, even in the example in the examples that I give, you will find those nations who committed evil are destroyed, no longer heard from, or you know are basically you know very very minor. Uh, sometimes it takes centuries. For example, the the Roman Empire. Um, given all that, the question is, and this is most important: what can we do? You know, what can you do, Melissa? What can I do to try to make the world a better place? And the answer. To me is um, try to be a little more compassionate and try to have a little more integrity. That's really all God asks for. All the ritual doesn't matter to me. Uh, you know, I happen to be observant as a Jew, but it really boils down to um, righteousness is what God requires. I also, at the last part of the book, indicate God requires righteousness. If we are, we get blessed. If we're not, we don't. God would like, he can't require it, he would like a relationship with humans, with you and me, and that's why he created us, I believe, and that any human can have a relationship with God, but, you know, they need to want it. And, and so there are a number of suggestions in the book uh, you know, practical suggestions. Uh, you know, are you crazy, Steve? How do you go about having a relationship with God? Well, I do. In my mind, I do. And I and the book states, God will help a person real time. As crazy as it sounds, you know, if you really try to do better, if a person tries to do better and you try to connect to God, whatever you're, you don't get it, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, Christian, Jew, whatever. Uh, I would even say even an agnostic or an atheist yeah, well, an atheist wouldn't connect to God because that would make no sense to him. But uh, anyone who really tries to gain God's, uh, you know, blessing and uh, gain insight, because God knows everything. He knows your thoughts. He knows, you know, certainly what you say. And you can, um, it, it, it's really unbelievable. I mean, my mind doesn't comprehend it, but it, 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 he communicates to you, you know, in ways, again and again, it takes, it takes a while, and it's not going to happen overnight, but I, you know, show what you can do to start the process, and um, to me, he communicates in ways that, uh, uh, you know, are just, it still boggles my mind that he, you know, guides me as to whether something is good or bad, not, not even talking about something moral, talking about, you know, whether I should go here and try that uh, business or do that, 
there are different ways that he does that, and I point that out in the book. There's also a chapter on suffering and the causes of suffering, the reasons for suffering, whether we can blame God or not. Um, out, up front, I have to say, if there, there are certain, you know, we can't answer all those questions. The book of Job asks that question because Job was righteous and he suffered, and it, it, it's worth reading by any listener who really cares about these matters. Um, but there, there, I would say 95, I would say there's a 90% of what we might, some of us might blame God for suffering is not his fault. We cannot blame him, and it's our fault. And, you know, we're not really, you know, being fair in blaming him. One primary example, and this is really important for your listeners, is auto accidents. 95% of auto accidents are caused by human error. Now, how could you blame God if someone, if you're texting and you get into an accident, or if you pass a red light, or, you know... Or you're drinking behind the wheel. Right, or you're drinking, or, and this is really important too, I put it in that. Let's say, you know, a couple of days, it's a little wet wherever you live. I live in Brooklyn, New York, and, you know, you start out and you you, you skid a little bit, but, you know, you're just starting out at five miles an hour, and you ignore it, you know? Uh, And then... This happens two, three, four times, and then, God forbid, you know, a month later, it's raining, you need to stop, you, you, it doesn't stop, you get into a skid and you, you know, you hurt maybe someone innocent, but certainly you, you know, your car is wrecked, you're in the hospital. Whose fault is that? Yours or God's? Your fault. Because God gave you multiple warnings. To me, the slightest thing now, I didn't always do it, you know, I always procrastinated. The slightest thing now, I go to my mechanic and say, could you check it out? My windshield wipers don't work. My brakes don't work. You know, if, there's an example of one uh, friend of mine. He drove from Canada to New York, and his wife, he was getting sleepy, and his wife said, please stop, please stop, please stop, you know, rest. Oh, no, I could, you know how men are. I could do this. I could do this. And uh, he fell asleep at the wheel. Fortunately, it was stop-and-go traffic, so he was only going at 10 miles an hour when he hit the car in front of him, and he didn't. there wasn't that much damage. But again, if whatever is it God's fault that he was not smart enough to listen. So it's, that's, you know, one example that's really important to, uh, you know, uh, understand uh, what, first of all, what suffering is, and whether we can blame God, and uh, certainly you can't answer all those questions, but uh, I would hope that 95 or 90% of what we might attribute to God blame for suffering really is, you can't really blame it on him. Now, I'm going to stop you for just a second. I'm going to stop you for just a second. We were talking before the show started about a rebate, that you wanted to give to our listeners, and I really want you to have time to tell our 108 listeners about your generous rebate offered for those who purchased your book. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, First of all, I want to say that the book itself, 
without any rebate. It's on Amazon or Barnes or Noble, whatever, and it's twelve ninety five. It's a paperback, three hundred thirty pages. So it's really not that expensive. I priced it. You know, I had the I priced it, and uh, my uh, you know just so listeners know if they're curious. For every book sold, I think I would earn a dollar twenty. It's not, you know, but I could have priced it in nineteen ninety-five and earned much more. But I wanted to make it as inexpensive as possible. This is, uh, but you know, to not even get out the word, but because I believe the book will have an impact, however small, even the smallest impact on your listeners or whoever buys it. And by the way, I, I just I'll go back. I just want to say. God, in my judgment, and this, all, all religions don't believe this, God has feeling. It, 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 he feels terrible when we suffer. He feels terrible that there's evil in the world. And anything we can do to make him a little, feel a little better, he appreciates it. And the book gives you very, very simple things. Like what I do is if I'm walking and, uh, you know, there's someone, there's a coffee cup or a flyer on grass, I pick it up and I say to myself, you know, it's terrible what people, they're so insensitive to your creation, God, and he appreciates that. In any, in any case, um, what uh, the, the rebate is as follows. Uh, if you buy it on Amazon, you have to buy it actually on Amazon, you have to buy the paperback, uh, uh, which is twelve ninety five. but I don't care, you know, you could have a special deal and you buy it for nine ninety five. it doesn't matter to me. I personally, personally, will rebate five dollars to you to any listener who purchases that book during the entire month of July. So as long as you purchase it in July, I will uh, send you five dollars. Now, the offer is limited to five books per household. You could actually buy five books, in which case I will send you twenty-five a twenty-five dollar rebate. You could purchase them all at one time or, you know, two once and one another, as long as they're purchased by July. And to receive it, this is what you do. You simply email me. Uh, I won't even give you my email because it's in the book. It's in the copyright page on the author contact. There's no point giving it to you here. Just email me at the address on the copyright page with the mailing address where the check is to be sent and you attach the electronic Amazon proof of purchase receipt. Uh, so you'll be emailing me with uh, proof of purchase receipt. The name, obviously the, 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 mailing, the, the name or address of where you want the check sent, uh, that is, it will be made out to the purchaser. Um, so whoever purchases it, even if it's you know, for someone else, it will be made out to the purchaser that's on Amazon, and a check will, and I'll make out a check on the receipt within three business days, uh, and that's the offer. Again, whoever buys the, whoever from the show listens buys the buys God and Man Love on the Rocks from Amazon. Uh, I've written other two other books, but that particular book, uh, and sends me an email with a proof of purchase with the, the address where uh, it should be sent. I will send $5 for each book bought up to $5 per household. Also, if you have friends or relatives, if you like the book and you have friends or relatives who didn't listen to this show and you say, you know, this is really a good book, you know what? 
let them buy the book also before July 31st, and I'll send them $5. There's no coupon. There's nothing that, you know, you have to write saying, I listened to 108 FM, but uh, presumably, uh, you know, I'm not making this offer anyplace else. So, uh, you know, hopefully I'll get a few emails, uh, and I'm very, very happy to do that. Well, it's a very good rebate, and it was a very good offer for you to generously do this for our listeners. Not a lot of authors would put their book in the negative to get this book out to their readers. So it's very generous of you to make this offer to begin with. Well, uh, thank you, Melissa. Uh, I, look, it's generous of you to have me on, and it's, uh, you know, I hope that... Uh, you know, uh, a few dozen. I mean, I don't know what to expect, but uh, I hope that both the the rebate as well as just maybe learning about the book, which you, you know, uh, their websites you can go to to uh, read about it. Um, uh, well, one example, in the, there's an independent author network. If you go there, uh, that you'd have to just Google it. I don't have the exact address, but uh, I'm, you know, I have joined that network, and uh, if you go there, it's not hard to find out more about me and more about um, the book. Uh, if you, okay. If you care to. That would be great. Are you going to any author events this summer, fall, winter that you are already scheduled for? No, not. Not at this point. Um, I, I've written three books, actually: a guide to the Psalm of David, a guide to the Psalms of David in uh, second edition, 2015, which among uh, which indexes all 150 psalms by theme, by purpose, uh, a couple of other, uh, uh, so that you know a person can actually go through like a table. And I need a psalm for asking God for help, or I need a psalm to thank God or, you know, uh, et cetera, et cetera, to affirm God uh, or for pastors who have, excuse me, who want to give a sermon, then it's, you know, by themes, God's retribution, God's compassion. You know, there's about 10 or 12 categories per major, per, per, um, uh, there are subcategories per category that is, it's divided by seat, by purpose, by theme, by audience, and by mood. So there are four different ways of going to looking at the Psalms. And there's also a chapter of 20 common life situations that delineate specific Psalms that you might say, you know, again, in my opinion, uh, Psalms before surgery, Psalms, if you're, you know, looking for a husband or a wife. Psalms, if you're married but you don't have a child. And, you know, Psalms, thanking God for help. If you're going to war, unfortunately, or you're drafted, uh, Psalms before that and other common, you know, life situations as well. And um, and then the translation is heartfelt, uh, I believe. And um, so I translate all the Psalms myself. That wasn't really the purpose of the book. Originally, I was going to, you know, it was mainly to do the indexing because I had the database right. technology, but I, I decided to translate it. And, I, and I, I must say, if I could give myself one compliment, the greatest compliment that I've gotten 
really in all my books is from a clinical psychologist who read the book and, you know, was reading the Psalms and said, your book brought tears to my eyes for the first time I could feel David's heart breaking. That was like the biggest compliment to me, showing me that my translation or rendition, you know, really touched him, and I think it touches other readers. And then a second book uh, in 2016 is uh, was um, is called God is Good, uh, and um, also available at Amazon. Uh, basically, what it does is there are 155 or so times in the Old Testament where people, uh, an individual or a nation or a group of people pray to God for something specific. And, you know, I compiled them. And as it turns out, 90% of the time, God said yes. Imagine that. 90% of the time, God said yes to a specific request. And uh, I write in the preface or whatever, preface, you know, if your father said yes 50% of the time, you would think you have the greatest father in the world. Well, God said yes 90% of the time. So this particular book goes over each, each uh, you know, event or episode uh, and gives the background of the episode, uh, you know, who appealed to him, whether it was Moses, whether it was David, whether Cain was the first one that appealed to him, you know, after he killed Abel, uh, you know, he said that, you know, he'll walk around, they'll kill him, and God said, all right, you know. I'll put a sign on your head and you'll be good for seven generations, et cetera, et cetera. So um, that was the second book, and this just came out. And now that they all came out, um, I just started trying to market them, I guess, myself. And uh, so (laughs) it's a long roundabout way of uh, answering your question, but no, I haven't scheduled or I'm not scheduled to do any you know, live talks or interviews, but uh, hopefully that will happen in the near hopefully future. Hopefully this I'm will be the first among many for you. Right. Well, uh, it certainly, I think it's going to be one of the best. I mean, I have been interviewed uh, prior to this on radio uh, related to the Psalms uh, book, you know, uh, maybe two years ago. Most of them, you know, were 10 minutes and so on and so forth. You know, this interview, you've been extremely generous, and you let me do most of the talking. And to be honest, I you think have, I'm a you little... You have all the information about your book. You know your book, your passion about your book. And I'm just here to bring out your passion. I'm, I'm not here well, to dictate your answers. Well, you know, I thank you very much. You've done uh, certainly a great job doing that, and... Uh, uh, I don't know if you could hear the background. Uh, there's always alarms coming up. But um, well, you're, you said uh, you're in Brooklyn, I think, Brooklyn, so I was wondering yeah, when I was going to hear a siren. <laughs> right. Uh, you're in Atlanta. Am I correct? Or no, at, the show is in Atlanta. I'm actually right. in Ohio. Oh, okay. I'm in a very, uh, very small town in Ohio. So. Okay. Well, you know. Uh, we have the God, entire. Do you have any? Do you have any other questions? Or uh, I hope you know no. maybe down the road I think we can you talk again. I'd be more every... than happy to. Oh, I'd be love to have you on the show again. Um, but I think our time's getting ready to run out, and it was really okay. great hearing about your book. Actually, all three of your books. And keep me posted if you have any live events coming up. 
Um, okay, in your region, the Authors Guild just hired a couple of representatives, and they're going to be doing Author Guild events in your area. I don't have the dates, but when I get them, if you would like me to shoot you an email, I can do that. Or at least get you in front of uh, a great, bigger audience or I, neighborhood audience. I'd be happy to. Uh, my clock says 326. Um, before, you know, whatever, we go off, I, I guess we have another 30 seconds? Yes. Right? Am I right? Yes. This is just Appendix 6. And I'll just read it. It's 10 truisms about God, and I think it might be helpful. Uh, one, number one, God helps those that help themselves. That is that is true. You have to do something actively. You can't just, you know, expect to just, uh, you know, pick up a lottery and then win a million dollars. Two, your deeds, good or bad, will come back to you. Three, God will almost, almost always give you the benefit of the doubt. Four, God will help you real time if you let him. And I really mean that. If you, you know, in the book I say, ask God with your lips for a parking spot in Manhattan. You know, sometimes he says no, but you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised how many times you'll find one. Kindness and compassion go a long way with God is five. God is reasonable. Six, you can negotiate with him. Seven, God gives his love and love and blessing to, to those deserving. Eight. If you sincerely repent of evil, God will forgive you. He will wipe it away, which is uh, you know mentioned many times, especially in, in, in Ezekiel. And nine, God does not want you to appease those who are evil. You know, some of us uh, seem to like think, well, you know, God wants you to separate yourself from those you know are evil. And finally, mo- maybe most important, especially uh, for people. Uh, whatever, who are contemplating marriage or a relationship or anything, follow your intuition. It comes directly from God. I really, really believe it. If you're, you're, you know, if your head says yes, 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 but your, your heart says no, go no, because that, that really will save you a lot of grief. Thank you for your words of wisdom. And again, this is my guest, Stephen Rosner, and I hope to see you again. And to my listeners, thank you for listening and happy reading. Good night, Atlanta. Thank you. Bye-bye.